welcome to the first episode of the West Coast Mer series. We kick it off with none other than Merman Icarus. He was actually the one that inspired me to do the West Coast Mer series. I don't know if it's brought up in this recording or if it was before we jumped into the interview. But anyway, his interview is so rich it had to be broken up into two parts. Enjoy, because I know I did. You're listening to the Merman Podcast. I'm your host, Merman Terterby, and today my special guest is Merman Icarus. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing in these crazy times? I am doing just fine. Um, I'm certainly adapting as most people are, but I'm actually happy as a clown. Good. Why would you say you're happy as um, a clown? Or a clownfish. <laughs> I'm happy as a clownfish because I'm I'm one of those lucky individuals who fortunately can work from home, so I'm not impacted as much financially, which is a great blessing. I keep my fins crossed for that. Um, I also um, do a lot of crafting on my off time anyway, so I'm just having a lot more time to do that in the evenings and whatnot and being able to step, spend time at home with my pets and my husband has been great. So it's overall um, been a pretty good thing for me. So I just, I do miss like hanging out and going swimming with friends, but it hasn't gotten quite warm enough yet anyway. So I'm not missing it too much. Uh, Well, um, you're actually in California. What part of California? I am. If we may. Yeah. um, So I live in the Bay area. So that's uh, Northern California. Okay, now do you live, unfortunately, I don't know California. That's okay. The Bay Area, is that where they have the aquarium from Finding, or uh, yeah, Finding Dory? Um, so it, it's in the San Francisco, when people say Bay Area, they mean San Francisco and the surrounding areas. Um, but I actually don't know which aquarium Finding Dory was actually in. If it's in Monterey, then yes. Um, it's close to Monterey, but I'm not actually really, I didn't think the aquarium was in California, honestly. Oh, I, maybe I just took it for granted. No, I'll have to look that up. California. I'm really bad with that kind of detail, actually. Oh, uh uh-oh. Well, yeah, but you're an artist. I am. Well, I don't know if I consider myself an artist. I can, I consider myself a designer first and foremost. Um, okay. I wish I kind of have the gift and talent of artist. I feel like um, I'm, I'm more of a wannabe artist, just, but um, thank you for <laughs> the compliment. Uh, well, I think in a way each murder folk or murder person is an artist because you kind of have to sit and craft your image. But like some definitely do artsy type stuff too. Yeah, I think that's that's what's fantastic about this community is everyone brings their own unique flavor and their story and everyone's just so creative and that's what's fascinating to me being part of the community and actually i'm gonna call you out you are totally an artist because i was looking (laughs) at your instagram right like maybe an hour or two before we started and you're sculpting and putting stuff together you totally are oh thank you i i'm actually i I 
didn't start that too long ago. I've only been doing that since last January. Not this January, but January, I think, of 2019, if I recall correctly. I might have done, like, one or two, like, things before um, doing, like, the sculpting and silicone work. Um, But I've always been a really crafty person, if you will. I, I, I just always dipped my fins, fingers, and toes in crafting. So I've always had a creative flair, if you will. I think that's been my lifeblood. It's given me so much joy and, like, thankfully a a successful career out of that um but I really kind of respect artists in their own right in that like going to like whether whether or not you have formal training just the gift and talent of being able to do the many many mediums that an artist like bring to the world I wish I could like really paint you know a really wonderful portrait but that's not one of my gifts Mm mm-hmm Oh, well, like, yeah, but each artist kind of has their own thing they kind of specialize in anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, we can touch a bit more on that in a minute. When um, when did you start liking mermaids or mermen or merfolk? Well, um, I think much like a lot of mers in the community, I just started that obsession at a very young age and I think that's what's fascinating about mermaids and mermen and merfolks um it's it's part of the lure of every single culture if you look at every culture around the world there is some form of that kind of half human half fish or half kind of you know Mm -hmm. serpentine or something like that and 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 it's just such a fascinating thing. And um, even as a child, I've always like been into mermaids. As a child, um, I guess um, it's only been recent years when I've kind of stepped into that world myself fully. So I've only been kind of um, in the mer community since twenty seventeen. I guess, yeah. Okay, but like when you were little like what got you into mermaids was it watching the little mermaid or splash or something totally different well much like everyone else i think um splash and the little mermaid has been part of um their just growing up and and i've certainly loved those movies and it certainly inspired me but i think it's even kind of way back than that like just oh. reading stories or like hearing about it as a little child and I always honestly pretended to be a mermaid when I was a little boy like Aww. I would swim in the pools with my legs together so I like dolphin kick is like so natural to me because I that is how I tried to swim as a little <laughs> child even in like little pools and I you know pretend to be a mermaid in the bathtub and all that um so mm-hmm. like do you remember I, I guess like your first mer memory like were you reading a book or like did you see a mermaid swim by on tv um i you know i i don't know if there's any kind of single moment that i really kind of attach it to um and Honestly, like this is probably um, a little bit strange, but I was actually 
teased as a mermaid as a child because of my Chinese name. Like what? it sounds what? like it sounds like a mermaid in Chinese. So like people used to kind of make fun of me in school and call me a mermaid because my name sounded like mermaid in Chinese. Um, so always there's oh, even though like it's kind of strange now I find it like to be a great compliment and and really kind of owning that identity but as a child I was kind of teased and being called a mermaid um and even like I I think the other thing that I really remembered was like um also my mom took me to a fortune teller one time cool. when I was a child and they're like you're a water sign and you're just have a natural affinity to water and I never really kind of thought about that but I was like okay and I'm not sure if that like ended up planting the subconscious of like being a merman um, into my brain. But um, I swam a lot as a child. My um, uh, family friends had a pool in their backyard, like a small, not like a, like a giant pool, but it was one of those above crown pools that were round. They looked kind of like a hot mm-hmm. tub. So I used to swim with friends in there a lot. And then during like high school and college, I never really kind of swam. I honestly didn't like really swim till like back a couple of years or in 2017. So, but it was, it just really kind of came back a lot more naturally. Now, can I ask what your Chinese name is? Yeah. um, And well, if if you, if you sound, I'll, I'll tell you why it sounds like, um, mermaid. So my Chinese name is Leyanki. And then like the word mermaid in Cantonese at least is Meian. So Leyan and Meian is why it sounds so like really similar and that's why um they kind of tease me and call me a mermaid as a child. Huh. I'm sorry to hear that. Was it no before we started the interview you were telling me that you're originally from Hong Kong. Was it when you were over there that you were picked on, or was it when you came over here? No, it was when I was over there. Oh, like, God. No one would know Cantonese to be able to make You're right. I'm sorry. That's America. a stupid question. But, um, <laughs> no, not at all. When did you, I, okay, like, kind of knowing that backstory, I can see where people made the connection with it being like a rhyming type thing, like what you said. Yeah, yeah. Huh. What, um, what age were you when you came over here? I was 10 okay. years old. So I was in fifth grade. So I still, you know, I was all the way up to fifth grade when I came to America, I guess. Yeah. Did you, I guess kind of like another ignorant question. I, were you, did you know English or were you just kind of thrown into it? Um, I certainly didn't know English as well as I do now, but um, we're taught actually three languages in Hong Kong. Like you were taught Cantonese, you were taught Mandarin, and then you're taught British English. So when I moved, um, Hong Kong was still part of um, British colony. I guess they they were still, England was still kind of like owns or like leads to Hong Kong. Well, not cool. I mean, that's cool um, that you have that little (laughs) bit of history for us. I had, I learned British English, so I had a little bit, so I spoke enough. 
but like it was still kind of funny and awkward mm -hmm. <laughs> in the U.S. when there were some differences in words. When you were doing, or um, when you you were trying to speak English, did you have like an English accent over there? I most certainly did, What? but I didn't realize that I did. So, like, I mean, when I came to America, I'm I'm sure I had a really thick like Chinese accent. I just didn't realize it. Like these are the moments when you like think back as a child and you're like, oh, I get what happened. Mm -hmm. So like I vividly remember one time in, um, I guess, grade school or grammar school, whatever you call the fifth grade. Um, so this was early on when I, you know, came to U.S. and um, they used to do this thing in class where they call it popcorn, and it's like you read a little passage of of like. A textbook and then you'll like say popcorn and like another child in the room would read um so but then I was doing that one day so someone called my name and then I started reading and I had no problem reading I can perfectly read but then like the kids started kind of giggling like um they weren't trying to be mean but they were just kind of laughing because I didn't realize I had a thick accent and then now looking back thinking oh my I think that's why they were laughing because they, you know, I had a really probably a funny Chinese accent when I was trying to read this. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think I remember that game popcorn now that you mention it. I haven't thought about that in forever. Right. <laughs> Are there like any, I guess, like folklores or stories that you could kind of tell us about real quick from... Hong Kong or that are Chinese that we don't really hear much about in the U.S. If you know of any, if not, don't worry about um, it. There, there's plenty, but like they not necessarily related to mermaids or mer community at all. But I will tell you that I've always, always been obsessed with like um, fantastical creatures and beasts, mm -hmm. if you will, like. I think I just went through many, many different phases of obsessing with like various mythical creatures, and maybe currently the cycle is mermaids. But um, as a kid, like even as a ten-year-old child, I used to obsessively draw oh, unicorns. Cool. Like I loved the last unicorn, the book or movie or whatnot, and um, you know I was always into dragons and fairies, and I also. You know, obviously, like mermaids was one, but another giant obsession is angels, and I think um, this is why it's kind of still part of my persona is my obsession with like winged beings, if mm -hmm. you will. Very cool. Now, one thing before I forget to mention it that you haven't mentioned is the thirteenth year. Have you watched that movie or have you gotten into it? Are you obsessed with it? Are you not? I, to be honest, have never heard of the movie until I get out of your here. podcast. I don't. I know, you. right? I, I know. I haven't seen the Thirteenth Year. I, I should go look it up and and watch it. Um, uh, it it was. I don't know why I somehow missed that in the pop culture. Um. I've I've watched the splash. I've watched like um, the Little Mermaid, and I'm actually obsessed also with like um, 
uh, H2O mermaids and like oh, Mako yeah. mermaids and all that. Um, but um, not really the 13th year, but I'll have okay, to check well, it out. If you do, cool. If not, no biggie. I've only watched the movie like <laughs> one time all the way through. The only time he's really a merman right. is towards the end. Um, right. You know, like I said, I've only watched it the one time. I don't really care to go back to it, to be honest. I, like, <laughs> it, it, it just didn't stick right. out that much to me. And I'm sure people listening to it aren't going to be that happy. But it, it, it just it, it didn't have an impact on me like like the low mermaid right. and splash day. Right. But right. I mean. Oh, I mean, like, you, you can't. After you watch, like, Mako Mermaids and you have, like, the merman from that show, like, there's there's kind of no comparison, right. right? Like, also, you know, maybe compared to Sirens, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, I've not really kind of watched 13 I haven't checked out the TV show Sirens. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, talk about hypocrite. <laughs> now you have to like go to Freeform, immediately download all the back episodes. Oh, They're starting the new season in April, so make sure you catch that. I think it's a really well done show. I know there's a lot of criticisms out there about, you know, people not liking the acting or whatnot. I personally enjoy it. I think they did a great job. And I think what's interesting is then they bring out this other duality of like, mermaiding which is like more of the sirening the dark darker nature of um i guess mm-hmm. mermaids just like you know a lot of like mermaids are essentially part of like the fairy world or fae folk right. if you will um and and a lot of times people also kind of perceive fairies to be these like cute little flowery children when in fact a lot of um, fairy folklore, if you look at um, Irish folklore or anything like that, um, they're much more like kind of a little bit of an ominous creature, depending on what kind of fairy you're, you run into. There's not just one flavor. There's like many, many different types of fairies. So um, I, think, I think it's also kind of interesting to look at um, how they've kind of evolved the mermaiding to, to be this kind of one flavor and I'm glad to see like different rep- representation in the media of merch. right no I agree um now you were saying you didn't become a merman until late or until recently what kind of gave you that push or what actually hang on I'm going back it up real quick what made you or like what piqued your interest where you kind of started looking into it I mean, I will do a correction. I, I think I, like many mers in the community, have always felt we were like merman or mermaid at heart um, since probably as a mm-hmm. child, I think. Um, but I, I, only till 2017 was, was when I realized there was a thing out there where like, wow, this is like a whole thing that I can actually get into and, and look at these amazing tales that are out there i think um it was really kind of coming across a photo of it on google some i don't even remember whether i did some search or something but i came across a finfolk tale online and then i was just like (laughs) my mind was blown so i had to kind of look into it and i just started kind of getting into that world from that 
um, the art of, of seeing a lot of these tales online and, and realizing I can be part of that and making my dreams mm-hmm. come true. So like, it wasn't really that you can remember like a news special on TV or like um, Mer Taylor. No, I actually, I actually didn't really run into or see any of that kind of media. Uh, while Mer Taylor, Eric is fantastic and super popular. I actually, the first merman I saw online was, um, uh, Merman Arion from oh, cool. Paris. I remember vividly seeing a really, really cool picture of him. This was like, you see him from behind. He's like arching his back. He just looked kick ass. So, yeah, yeah, he totally owned it. I was like, I want to be that. Yeah, he 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 did a great job. So when so like how long after that did you start looking into buying your first tail? Oh. Pretty much immediately. So, um, and the funny thing is, um, Thin Folk was technically the very first tale that mm-hmm. I bought um, in the summer of 2017. Um, I purchased like um, the second in their like mythic line. Oh um, man! So like, but you I, you jumped into yeah. it. You weren't playing. Oh, I jumped in. I don't. I don't get no. around <laughs> when I'm getting into something. I like, you know, both feet, head, and everything in. Um, so uh, I actually was so in love with seeing photos of Mermaid Hylie, um in one of the Goddess Gold Mythic Tales. Um, so from that second line, I was just so enamored with that. Um, so I, you know, did the Hunger Games style ordering online and like just waited nervously and got, um, one of the tails then I ordered. Um, so, but in fact, even though that was like in June or July or something like that, my very first tail was in the fall when I took, um, a vacation with my husband to Florida um, and I got my first tail from Mer Taylor, actually. So a first silicone wow. tail. So like, it, did you yeah. plan on that while you were in Florida or were you just kind of like, Hey babe, <laughs> we're in the area. Let's swing by to like Eric's <laughs> place. And it was, um, well, I for sure wanted to make sure I, I visited Mer Taylor. Um, and, and I guess you can say plan in that way. I didn't plan to like go and buy tails um, necessarily, although I was certainly open to it. Um, this was um, right after a hurricane. I actually don't recall which oh, yeah. exact hurricane. It was literally like, yeah, I don't remember. It was Hurricane I, I know what you're talking know. about. Yeah, that's roughly right around the right time frame. No. Yeah, and, and, and it was literally days after and like when we first we weren't even sure if we were gonna actually hit the hurricane when we got there it was nerve-wracking um but like they a lot when we first landed like there was still no power to a lot of um places um people were still getting back online but the first day i got there i was like okay let's take a one-hour drive all the way because we went to orlando to go to like 
um, Disneyland and Universal Studios and all that. But like I took a one hour detour to drive all the way to like Mer Taylor as almost like the first oh, visit. So. Now, did you blindside your husband by it or did he know? Um, or can you not tell? I guess blindside is <laughs> a good way. <laughs> I am usually in charge of the entertainment and organizing okay. anyway, so he was just along for the ride, but he was like, yeah, you're driving through all this. Like, it was really kind of almost surreal driving through Florida right after hurricane. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd see, like, some of the, you know, down power lines and, like, there's debris, like, and I'm like, I'm going to Mer Taylor no matter what. <laughs> now, did Eric know you were coming, or did you just sweep? No, oh, not at all. No, I called ahead and was like, are you guys open? And Candy was there, and, and so um, I just wanted to see, you know, of course you want to see, like, Right, um, but like in the back of your mind, you're like, "I'm coming home with a silicone tail." <laughs> I did not have that in the back of my mind, honestly. Um, and and um, it <laughs> um, I'm gonna laugh, but I actually went home with Why two. Get out of tails. here. Okay, um, no. I, I, okay, okay. Here, here we go. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm gonna justify. I bought one tail, and honestly. It, it, it's an older tail. It's um, it's one that still had a monofin, and he's like, I don't know, Kenny. I don't think really they didn't really even want to sell it to me, but I was just so in love with the coloring, so I begged and pleaded. Um, so I got that. I and I think the very first swim I had was back at the hotel pool was was magical. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how dang heavy, like, the fluke was. I could not even, like, lift a <laughs> I could not even lift the end of my feet up to, like, do a tail flip. It was that heavy. So, um, but I had um, a little bit of an issue with um, the waist um, that I had to, like, kind of take back to get repaired. Um, but the second time I went there, they had just gotten another tail back. This was, like, the green and black tail they had loaned out it wasn't there the other day when i first visited and i was just also in love with that and um ended up leaving one tail and taking a second one with oh me. okay so, so i got two tails wow now i think we need to have your husband on the show for like a separate episode that way we can hear his side of the story too <laughs> i know i'm sure he's like you're insane uh, like yeah Okay, there's no denying that silicone is just a little bit more pricey than like neoprene or fabric. It did is. he like did his jaw <laughs> drop or did did he not even? Oh no, no, this is this is my credit card and my clamshells. Okay, so we it, it is no shock to his budget. He, I, I you know. I am one to not kind of hold back on expenses on stuff that I love just because, you know, I figure life is short. I don't do drugs. I don't drink alcohol. I don't do anything. I don't gamble. So like I spend my money on art and stuff that I really love and treasure and brings joy to my life. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Actually, (laughs) I've got a quick question and I'll cut it out too. Um, I had 
I'm sure. doing this in the bedroom right now. I have the door open. Could you hear the laundry? Or the... I oh, okay, cool. Then I'm not going to worry about it. Okay, like, okay. I just had the door open because I thought it was getting a little warm, but we're good. Yeah, okay. no worries. Um, so you came home with two tails. No, I came oh, home okay. with one tail, but I definitely bought two. Because one had to be left behind to be repaired. Right, and they were totally cool with that? Like, like uh, they weren't, like, no refunds or anything like that? Oh, I wasn't looking for a refund. I just wanted it to be okay. repaired. So, like, I, I had to pay extra. It wasn't, like, <laughs> it wasn't free. Right. I had to pay to, like, reinforce the waistband and, and whatnot. So, you did. Um, I, I guess I'm still a little confused. So now I'll cut this part out too. Did you come home? Well, okay, not came home. Did you end up buying two silicones from her Taylor? Okay, I did. So you, you did get one that I took with me on the plane. One that I left there to do okay, repair. Gotcha. Yeah. And then actually, I'm still confused too. And if you want, I can just leave it in or. No, you can continue to, okay. to ask. Okay. How? Actually, do you want me to keep this in the interview too or not? Because I don't understand how you got a mythic, but that's not quite your first tale. Um, the reason why it's not quite my first tale is because it didn't get delivered till like it took six or seven months before I actually got my hand onto the mythic. Oh, okay. So even though like I bought it in first i literally paid for it first i never had it in my possession and physically had it as my first tail. gotcha okay do you care if i just yeah. keep that so the were my first. Okay. yeah no yeah because i'm like okay i don't quite understand he's telling me like he bought a mythic but mark taylor was really his first tail that He's the first one that I physically had a hand in, and the first one that I ever swam in, the first tail I ever swam oh, in. Oh, man. So, like, how did that compare going from what? Okay, actually, a mythic, that's still fabric, right? Or neoprene? So, a mythic is actually a hybrid tail. So, it's got neoprene in the middle, it, and it's got tons and tons of uh, scale sewn on. But it's got a silicone fluke, and if you had fins and whatnot, it's got silicone fins and whatnot. Um, so it's considered a hybrid okay. tail. What was it like going from silicone to a mythic swimming wise? Um, so, <laughs> uh oh, you're gonna laugh at me for this, but I actually only recently swam what? in a mythic. Like maybe a few months ago, like um, because to me they were almost like yeah, pieces. they're so beautiful. They're like a work of art, but they're fragile. Oh, I believe AF, it. Right, like you, you know, the you know, no shade to Finfolk, but the earlier ones were not greatly sewn on. Scales would fall off. So it was a lot of maintenance and, and, you know, they get scratched up and dinged up, like if you're not careful. So I did um, buy them and like do mm -hmm. land photo shoots uh, in studios or at home and whatnot, but not quite have taken it to a pool because I had wanted to like re-sew all the scales and secure everything before I take it right. to the pool. 
Um, so, but then my man Tommy made fun of me and he's like, tails are made Ooh. to be swamming. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, I actually swam in, I've only swam in one of my mythics. I actually, wow. Now I've got a quick question. Talk about my man, Tommy. Did you loan okay. him your mythic tail? Yeah. Cause it looked like you two were wearing the same tail. No. Oh no 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 no. He has. He definitely has his own. Um, he he has his own mythic. He has his rainbow um, moonstone okay. mythic. Um, but I did offer to like loan him um, some of my tail earlier when he was kind of starting his career. Just okay. To try out, For a minute, so. I thought you you were like, oh fuck no, nobody wears my tails but me. Um, no, not at all, not at all. Um, and I, and this is one of those things where I'm like, maybe, maybe like my primary silicones, I I don't want to right. like loan out, but there, I I honestly have like so many fails that I I don't mind like letting a new Ermer try or experience. I've I've loaned out like some of my Mer Taylors for people to try, like, and um, so I'm I'm not, you know. Crazy, crazy, <laughs> it. Um, I definitely want new Mers to like Aww, have that's that very experience. Nice of you. Um, so when you were going for your very fir- first swim in your silicone Mer Taylor tail, you had never swam in a tail before, yes. correct? Never swam in a tail before. Probably like some of people would cringe listening to that, but it wasn't a right. pool. It was like my husband was there. It wasn't like a deep pool. It was like maybe five feet deep. Okay. It was the deepest. Um, but like I said, I, you know, dolphin kick was so natural to me. I was never like nervous about it. And I did okay. just fine. Now, so, did you know about like having yeah. to lube yourself up or anything like that? Or did you just try to go in there dry? No, 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 no. I knew better. Like, um, because, you know, they told me also at Mer Taylor. Too, oh, okay. So, um, I know to kind of like properly slip into it. It wasn't that much of a learning curve from there. It was, it was still a little bit of trickiness to get into a silicone tail. Silicone tails, you know, is literally your worst skinny jean Ooh. nightmare <laughs> ever. But, um, that, once you kind of slip it, the hardest part, honestly, is getting your foot okay. into the foot pocket. And a lot of, um, a lot of, um, monofins have this like, um, strap that you kind of have to like wiggle and, and pull behind your ankle. And, and that could be hard to do. Imagine like, cause these things are really tight and made to fit your body. And, and, and while there's a little bit of stretch, some of the tails don't have that much stretch. So you're trying to stick both feet in and like a, a hand in there to try to do this. So it can be tricky if you're not used to it, but um, I'm, I'm pretty used to it now. So, but it still can be hard. And this is one of the reasons why I, I prefer a larger monofin. Like I'd rather have, a really large monofin that I put like neoprene socks on to get in versus one that mm. is too small and fits too snug. Cause it, you know, I have high arches on my foot and that's also really uncomfortable after a while. There's a few tails um, where, where that is a, an issue for me where it's just, I can't be in it for more than like half an hour. 
then while others I can just mm-hmm. stay in it all day. Now, what? Oh, okay, what did Mar Taylor recommend you put on, like to put yourself in the tail? Um, so it's probably a hotly debated topic, um, but they actually recommend uh, using okay. coconut oil or, or like okay. they had like a jar of this like, you know, hard coconut. They're like, it's natural and stuff. So I've been, you know, I wasn't a complete stranger to the Mer community. I, I had been stalking and I was part of the Finfolk pod for a while before cool. I even got my Mer Taylor. So I know... I knew, like, people use, like, conditioner or, like, you know, lubricant and whatnot. I personally prefer um, hair conditioner, and watered-down hair conditioner is actually the best. I've tried water lubricant, and believe it or not, that's actually less easy to get into than, like, conditioner. But when you use hair conditioner, make sure you pick one that doesn't have silicone in it. Apparently, some people think that will break down um, the silicone. But I just literally just buy a giant bottle of, you know, some cheap conditioner from Costco and it works. I didn't know. Um, But they use coconut oil. I didn't know hair conditioner had silicone in it to begin with. Some do, I guess, like some, right. but who's going to use that? Like, that's usually the expensive shampoos and you don't want to waste, or conditioners, right. you don't want to huh. waste that as retail lubricant. But honestly, any kind of cheap shampoo or conditioner um, will do, and it, and it does hmm. a great job. I'll be damned. Yeah, because I've heard different people, well, even on the podcast, different guests have said different stuff about Putting on a yeah, for sure. You you just kind of have to like see what works for you. I've just literally compared like water-based lubricant and conditioner, and to me, hands down, conditioner works better. But like, don't do it without water. Don't just blot a giant glob <laughs> of like conditioner. You have to wet the conditioner. That's what's gonna help it too. And so make sure you're lathering your legs with okay. wet conditioner. Hmm, good to know. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned you have quite a few tales. How many roughly? Well, actually, I think we need to do like a video interview or like a MTV oh, crib like, style <laughs> where I fly out and like come with a camera crew and you just kind of show us everything. But hey, how many tales would you say you have? Okay. Uh, in my possession? Or oh, um, we'll do total. And then I guess how many do you have like kind of? Oh, that gosh. you wear at the beach oh. or whatever. Uh, let's see. I think I have wow. 22 total. I only have 19 in my possession. But okay, I have where are the other total. three? When I say 19 <laughs> in my possession, the other well, three is, is, is paid for and like, it's paid for and like the tail makers oh, are. Oh, cool. Now, who are they coming from? If you can tell us. If not, no no uh, biggie. <laughs> um I it might be forever if I ever uh-oh, see uh-oh. some of these. But um I do have I'm 
I, I do have one um, from Marbella that should be coming hopefully in years. <laughs> and one in fin from FinFolk who is hopefully going to come in months and, and also one another one from wow. Nutriarchs. <clears throat> Yeah, but like these are spread over multiple. Like honestly, I paid for these tails. Some of which I paid for, like you know, I put it. Some of which I put a deposit down. Some I've okay. already paid for. But like, you just end up buying tails because like it takes years sometimes to get from these. So it sounds like I have like all these tails, but I actually just have paid for like one every mm -hmm. <laughs> one or two years. I just haven't no, I, like gotten them. I was yeah. thinking when you um, said like in my possession or total, I thought maybe you had a few on loan that you loan that you let a few. Gotcha. No, 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 that I haven't even yeah. gotten like maybe. How yet. long for the tails that you do have? What's like the quickest and the longest wait you've had? Mm, the quickest honestly is amongst Mernation and Dimitri Arts um, they were just both incredibly fast with their turnaround like unbelievable from um, like in 30 wow. days like which is yeah. like crazy for, for the amount of detail and the amount of like work that went into those um, yeah they turned around really quickly um and unfortunately, um, the the longest um, has to go to Finfolk, and um, you know I waited a good year for some mm -hmm. of these mythics, and they're mythics. They're not even custom tail made for you, right? Like um, some of which were, you know, some back and forth being sent back. Um, had to upgrade my fluke and all that, but um, it did take a while. So, but I still right. love folk you know i don't want to say anything bad um is part of like just like marbella like it is one of those top tier companies that you just have right. to kind of wait for if you want to kind mm, of have gotcha. their art well it, it's totally worth it too i think um i think yeah, finfolk sure. aren't they just like a two-woman band as far as like the actual construction and um, stuff like that or no Okay. They were when they started. Um, they okay. certainly have a full team now. I don't know the ins and outs of whether or not they do any kind of contracting out of part of the construction or not. I can't speak to that. Um, but they've expanded their team, so hopefully they don't have to take on so much of the business side and the management side and the shipping side. They have you know, certainly more members on their team with like even oh, customer cool. service and whatnot. And real quick, because you're into buying tails, I'm going to do a shameless plug for someone. The last, the last interview I had was okay. Jurassic Merman. He is making silicone tails too. Yes. So if you're interested in, I know, I'm like really, yeah. I I'm, I just listened to his podcast um, a few days ago, and I'm really excited about and and really so happy for him um, for his new line of. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. of Triton, I think he is what he, called he told it. me the first one yeah. sold in eight minutes after they went live. Yeah, wow, yeah. So, if you want beautiful. one, he has one more slot open right now. <laughs> uh, <that'll work. laughs> I know part of me is like, mm, how many more tails yeah. can I throw in my office? 
Um, so okay. I, I, I do want to address that because I think um, some people hear that might make it sound like I'm very like, you know, um, being a tail hoarder. So I, I think um, it is certainly not about your tail. You wag the tail. You, the tail doesn't make you. So it's not about the kind of tail you own. Um, but a little bit in my defense, like a lot of earlier tales that I got were more secondhand. They were not pre-made mm -hmm. for me. So the fit has never been perfect. Um, so I'm always like trying to get the next tail to get a better fit on me. But like since I've done actual custom tails when they were made for me, it is such a world of difference swimming in one that is custom made for you versus like some tail that you're buying secondhand just looking at measurements because it's never really going to fit right unless it's like really kind of custom made mm -hmm. from you for you um, and so that's partly why I have like so many tails because my earlier tails I, I just like oh I want to get one and then it ends up not really fitting quite right so it ends up right like, why to buy more but also a predominant amount of these okay. are fabric tails so that was one yeah. thing i wondered like man how do you store all of them or like where do you keep them do you have any like i they have their oh, own cool. room in my house <laughs> do you have them hanging up on yeah. the wall they're all in a giant pile of bed no i don't i don't like hanging them because it's not like really good for them like, especially the, the silicone ones, I've heard, like, even though, you know, different people say different things, like, Mary Taylor always displays their tails on stands when they're in the gallery. Um, I just don't want to risk any mm -hmm. damage to the tails. They kind of lay flat on gotcha. bed in my office. Now, which one would you say is heavier, a mythic or a silicone? um it would depend on which silicone you're talking about the heaviest silicone i have is one of the, my earlier mertailers i would say the the mertailers weigh about 45 wow. to 50 pounds it's pretty darn heavy and these are the old these are not spellbounds these are not the new tails these are the old tails before um eric has done the 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 model finless tails so these are probably earlier in his career while he's kind of like still perfecting his craft so i'm sure then i have new i have one of his newer tails actually i i have um i don't know what he called it uh but it is one of the color shifting tails um that has <laughs> like, know, yeah i've got one but i don't know the name of it or nothing <laughs> <laughs> Well, because right. it's like a free May tale, you know? Um, the, one of the ones that he had only released, like, I think six hmm. of, um, that had the Fantasy two fluke, but he made, like, a full-body oh, cool. silicone four. When you yeah. went to go visit the Murray Taylor, did they take your measurements right then and there? Were they like, yeah? They did, actually. Actually, Eric came out and said oh, hi cool. and, like, took my measurements. I was mm -hmm. fangirling and all that, but he was like, whatever. I, I think he gets it so much that he doesn't think anything of it anymore. Oh, but, sure um, so yeah. what, I can't remember if I asked you, but how many different tail companies do you have tails from? 
Hmm. Um, instead of counting, I'll just tell which companies yeah, I yep, have totally. deals from. How's that? Uh, I have um, obviously a tale from Dimitri Arts or Merman Draco is another name he goes by on Instagram. Um, tale from Mer Nation. I have tales <laughs> from Finfolk. Um, I have tales from uh, Mer Taylor. And I also have a couple of betas. Oh, cool. from what do you think tales. of the betas? Um, I love the betas. I think they're beautiful. <clears throat> and and that's what also why it's like hard to pick some of your favorite tail makers because they all bring like an, an individual uniqueness to the community. And I think they were the very first ones to like tap into like doing a fabric beta tail. And they did such an amazing job um, in the early releases. And I did, I had, um, and, and it's sad that they're like not really in business anymore, but I have the sand beta mm-hmm. and the Amazon and they were, they're just beautiful tails to, to do land gigs with. I did, um, I was with Merman Ga- Garnet, and we did like um, San Francisco Pride. In I, I was in one of the fabric um, beta tales, and mm-hmm. it was really popular. Um, <clears throat> but I, I will say it is much more challenging to swim in the beta, just because the fluke is so much wider. And usually, drag isn't an issue for me, but for some mm-hmm. reason, in the beta. It was just because, you know, they they recommend you use a Mahina monofin mm. in that. And I had a Mahina and like I said, I had high arches. Oh. It was super uncomfortable. I had to like cut out like a top part of the, oh. the monofin to like even squeeze Ooh. it. It was just really painful to use. So I ended up using a finesse okay. um, shooter in it instead. But it's just a smaller blade compared to the Mahina, so you didn't mm-hmm. have as much like propulsion off of it. So it's a different, it's a little bit more challenging. I wondered, and I kind of thought it would be too, because they're just so big and flowy. I mean, they're pretty, but they just seem they're really pretty. No, you. Yeah, I would probably love to get like a silicone be cool. beta. I don't think I've seen somewhere. anyone make one yet. Mermaid Amethia or Amethia. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but she does a beautiful uh, beta. I'll have to check her out. Now, talking about monofins, do you have like just a monofin alone? Do you have a favorite monofin? I. Um. I haven't checked out, <clears throat> excuse me, I haven't checked out too many, honestly, other than I've tried the Finnish Shooter and I've tried the mm-hmm. Finnish Wave. Oh, sorry, uh, Finnish Foil, sorry, Shooter and Foil, and um, tried the Mahina. And I also have um, the Ooh. Fantasy 2 from Mer Taylor. So those are the different like monofins I've tried. Um, from like a propulsion, like I, I, I absolutely adore the um, finesse shooter just because you can get it in a double XL. Like I wear a double XL on the um, shooter and it's most comfortable to me. Um, like I said, I usually put like um, socks on because like 
if you look at the measurements, I'm more of like somewhere like a large or an extra large, but I got a double XL just because that gave me enough arch on my foot that it wasn't making it uncomfortable. Um, I prefer doing that. And I've requested that to be in, put into oh, like okay. some of the tails that I've made. Um, yeah. And I do really, really love like um, Mer Taylor's um, mono finless or like kind mm -hmm. of his fantasy flukes. Um, they're really graceful and fluid, but they don't really kind of give you the same propulsion. So if you want to just kind of like, you know, swim around and be pretty, that's great. But I also like right. <laughs> to really travel when I swim. Um, so I prefer ones that okay. have a little bit more. Propulsion. Have you tried out the other Martiller monofins? You said you have the two. But have, you, have you tried the one in the three? Yeah, I've... Luckily, I have some, you know, a great pod that I swim with, and some of them have let me try um, the fantasy. I've tried all three of them: fantasy one, two, and three. One, honestly, just practically gives you no propulsion. I know that you have a fantasy one, but like when you try fantasy two or three, okay. you're gonna feel worlds different. Um, so it 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 just doesn't give you that much kick. Um, but between two and three, um, some people say there's more propulsion with two. I didn't feel too much of a difference, honestly. Um, they, they felt pretty close to me, at least in my perception, but I feel like they still don't give you as much propulsion okay. as something like a Finnis shooter. Hmm. So, but they're, 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 they're certainly much better than, um, the fantasy one for sure and the only reason i don't have a fantasy three at the moment is is mostly because i i feel like i already have more <laughs> tails than i <laughs> should and, and they, they, they and it really kind of reminds me a lot of of the senium from um finfolk and since i have that from the mythic i don't really feel a dying need to like get um I fantasy three and I'm probably in all likelihood in my next in the custom I'll either get a senium fluke or hmm. a calypso fluke. I'll have to check them out. Like I know I've seen them, but I couldn't tell you which one they are just by name. Mm -hmm. But do yeah. you have a if you had to pick like three to five favorite tails that you currently own, do you think you could? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. Three to five, that's a, that's a good number. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, hands down, no question. I think, like, some of my top silicones have been the Dimitri Tail and the Mernation. Just Dimitri Arts is, I, I can't plug and, and, and give this man enough love. Yeah. He's such a master artist, and he's so incredibly nice. And and his work is just so top notch. Like this sculpting, if you look up close, like there's just so much detail, and and it's clean. It's a really clean sculpt. And I can say this because I sculpt myself. I know how difficult it is to get a clean sculpt. If you compare that to some other tail makers, when you look up close, you know how some tails are like really bumpy, and you have like 
little dents and indentation. His work isn't like mm-hmm. that. It's just kind of flawless. So, I mean, you know, I also own a Marbella, Marbella luckily. Um, it was a secondhand, or, or maybe it wasn't a secondhand, but, like, it wasn't a custom-made one. Um, it was one of the Galaxy Fluke, I think, or not Fluke, but it was called the Galaxy. Um, and that's a beautiful, beautiful, I love, I'm so in love with that tail as well. But despite having it, like, um, reconstructed, because mm-hmm. it was way too big when I first got it, um, Raven went and sized it down for me. It still doesn't sit properly on me. Like, the hips are a little bit low. Like, I'm taller than probably the tail was originally intended for. But if the fit was perfect, that would be, like, another of my top. But obviously, the other one that I'm really in love with is my Mernation. Um which I had a really, really strong hand oh, in cool. designing the pattern on that. This is <clears throat> this is the orange tail that an uh, orange, black, and white one um, mm-hmm. that you saw is actually inspired Aww. by a guppy fish. Like if you look at the fluke, um, it, it is from that patterning. But I kind of designed that pattern, and and oh my god, Marnation um, just did a killer job. Aaron did such a great job painting that and and just in such an incredibly short amount mm-hmm. of time it's so i can't and then and it fits like a glove both dimitri and the cool. tail fits like a glove because right. they're custom made for me so so uh, those are like definitely my favorite um right in terms of silicone mm-hmm. with everything going on in the world right now and it being a little bit crazy one thing that might be a little bit personal, I was just wondering, like, how have things been for you with the coronavirus and people, like, stereotyping or being racist and just stuff like that right now? Yeah, and I think um, it's really kind of unfortunate that we're seeing more of that xenophobia that is um, kind of prevalent in the U.S., and I hope people kind of wake up and change their attitudes um i personally luckily have not been personally targeted for being asian and then being out and about and um with the COVID 19 Mm -hmm. kind of pandemic um i'm sure it's happening i'm sure it's happening across america i just thankfully haven't um been the target just because probably i've been sheltering in place just like i'm supposed to um i'm I, the only time we ever go out is like if I have to go to post office to drop off something I've made for Emmer or um, if I'm buying food or, or going to the pharmacy and whatnot. Um, but thankfully, no one's kind of really given me any funny looks or, or, or said anything like that. Um, I think I just hopefully I have faith that it's, it's part of because maybe the Bay Area is a little bit more. Um, aware and and not quite as uh, xenophobic but we will see and i just hope that people realize um it's more about the disease and not about the race no i i totally agree um and i think it's going to be going on for a bit longer than what people think too i know president trump was saying april 15th or whatever in time for easter but there is no way yeah, unlikely. And I think it would be wise even 
if the ban is lifted or whatnot, or like, it's not really a ban, but like the policy of shelter in place, if even when it's lifted, I would be really cautious about not just immediately returning to your routine, but like really still, you know, practice social distancing and like right. washing your hands. And like, if you're really, you know, I don't know if you want to walk around with the mask or gloves, but like, I've actually been like doing that even when I'm out, like wearing the gloves that mm-hmm. I like craft with and like wearing a little mask to Good for you. protect myself and others. Thank you for doing that too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Now, just kind of cool. talking about human stuff, let's talk about your human side for a minute. What what do you do? You don't have to give us sure. the details, but like what do you do for a job and what do you like to do aside from being a mer? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so <laughs> separate topics. Um, but I'll start with the human uh, job side. I'm actually oh. a designer by trade. Um, I'm a software designer. So I've been designing for years and years, um, um, but it is within the discipline called user experience mm. designer. Um, this is why I mentioned earlier that I'm more of a, <laughs> you know, designer, not quite an artist. Um, but yeah, that's my human trade. Um, in terms of what I'm into, other than mermaning and mermaiding and merfolking, so 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 many things. Like I, I honestly feel like I um, do quite too much with my time. Um, I sing with a chorus uh, in oh, the Bay cool. Area, uh, the Golden Gate Men's Chorus. I've been singing with them for years and years and years. Um, I have a minor in music uh, when I studied in college. Um, and so I really love singing and we sing uh, mostly classical music um, and other things. Um, I do like going out and doing country line dancing every weekend before like the COVID-19 that was mm-hmm. like kind of my church on Sunday nights, country line dancing. Um, just love that. It's just a different way to kind of move and express yourself and and it, and it's like social dancing so it's if you're not uh, if your listeners aren't aware country line dancing does not only mean you do line dances there's many different types of dances there's the two-step there's a country walls east coast swing west coast swing and then hundreds and hundreds of line dances and i i just love 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 um doing country line dancing so that's my like other love and then on top of that obviously all the many like crafts that i've been doing um both for myself mm-hmm. and the mer community um and <laughs> a thousand other <laughs> things i won't mention because you don't have enough time uh well um with you being in california again like i don't know the demographics and stuff and or not demographics geography and stuff in california but how far away are you from disney world um or, okay well, oh, disney well, in florida so really really far disneyland <laughs> disneyland is in anaheim and um southern california so i'm about like um I I I think it's I would say a Ooh. good eight hour drive, oh, six to eight hour drive from. Oh, man. Well, Disneyland. it, it I seems know, like it everybody out there is a huge Disney fan. Are you one of them? 
Um, I am. I wouldn't say I'm a huge Disney fan. I'm okay. a normal amount of Disney fan, if you will. Uh, I, I think I'm not on the level of like okay. a Disney mania. Good to know. <laughs> now, yeah. jumping back into yeah. the pool, um, we haven't talked about your persona yet. Yeah, no. Like, let's so dive in. you've been a merman about roughly three years. How long did it take you to come up with a persona? Right. It took a while. I didn't. I don't think I had a persona until like at least six months or a year into it. Just because I'm really indecisive. Like it takes me a long time to make decisions. Honestly, um, that's kind of a weakness of mine but um it took a while for me to like really figure out what i wanted to represent in my marshona and um yeah. i'll tell you a little bit about it so certainly you know icarus is from the uh, greek mythology um he was a guy who kind of fly- flew too co- close to the sun and like kind of um fell into the depths of the ocean so my Mershona kind of picks up from that like the story is that like um Icarus didn't actually die in when he fell into the sea um the sea nymphs actually took pity on him and you know begged Poseidon to like save him and so they did um he Poseidon granted him a tail and he is oh I like it Icarus yeah, and, and all of that is derived from um, a painting, a famous painting by um, Herbert Draper. Um, it's in the Tate's Gallery, um, or at least I have a poster of it from the Tate's Gallery when I, I first saw it in, in um, London. Um, I've always just been so enamored with that image. Um, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It, it's It's basically like this beautiful, like, rendition of Icarus mm-hmm. he looks like an angel of course like even though he technically isn't an angel but he's surrounded by all these like scenes so I've always just really kind of loved that idea and really kind of wanted to incorporate that with my persona and like I said I've always been so intrigued by like winged beings be it fairies and angels or any kind of mythical creature it just seems like a really good fit for me um I also mm-hmm. just love angels. So if you look around my house, I just have so much like artwork oh, cool. and sculptures and stuff uh, with angels. No, um, yeah. totally random question. Did you play with, um, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not quite sure how to ask it, so I'm just going to do it. Did you play with dolls and like action figures growing up? I did not play with, I mean, as I did not pay, play with dolls as much just because I didn't have them as a child. Like I didn't grow up um, particularly well to do. Our family was like an immigrant family. We came to America to look for better opportunities. So we weren't that well off. I would say we were like mm-hmm. almost like kind of, you know, on the lower middle class side. Um, and, I didn't have that many toys growing up, but I certainly like would have loved to have the Barbies and the, all that um, as a child. But um, 
and I'm probably making it for <laughs> last time now, probably by <laughs> I I I jokingly say this, but I also in all honesty, I, I think I have um the taste Aww. of a thirteen year old girl. So anything that would excite a thirteen year old girl with sequins and sparklies and mm-hmm. all of that. Aww. I would be I, I think in a way we all are though, or at least most mermen. I don't know, not every like merman's that like I think some merman are very like oh, I have to be like really kind of butch and masculine and like really love like mm-hmm. only a certain aesthetic. I don't feel that. I just like gravitate to anything that kind of makes me feel happy and feel joy inside. Um and <laughs> a lot of that is like the 13-year-old yeah. girl aesthetics or women's clothes or whatnot. Um, while I'm not trans, I'm not a drag queen necessarily, but I don't shy away from like buying women's clothes or shoes just because they're so much more interesting and well-designed and like just mm-hmm. so much more colors. I, out know, there, I, know, you I know. know what you mean. And I, I agree too. Like I've thought about that two years ago, way before being a more like it just seems like women have yeah way more of a, yeah options yeah and you look at like the men's clothing you get your greens and your blues and your grays and your neutrals and that's it like it took so long for like the industry to actually start injecting color you know into um, men's clothing and and still today yeah no nope, i agree a lot but of catching up to do. you're right like i think things are starting to turn around or at least they have like if you think about it between like 10 years ago to now roughly but yeah are you sure. an only child i'm not an only child i'm actually the middle child i have uh, an older does your family know that you're a mer They do, but they don't like. It, it's kind of no big deal to them. That's I don't cool, think. though. Yeah. So, which is a good thing, but they're also not like super mm. fascinated by it either. What about your husband? What does he think of all of it? Um, he's super supportive. Um, and he is, you know, he lets me do my thing, but he's not certainly active. Even as a murtender, he's like, um, he he he's kind of suffered like some back injuries when he was younger, so he's not really oh, good at man. Like, being able to pick me up. So like, um, but he's certainly supportive. I think he like teases me a lot when I like am mm. like kind of spending <laughs> money buying stuff, but I'm like, but you know, it's my money so i can do it with it as i wish so and i think that's the thing it's like life is so short like things change nowadays so much more rapidly than they did like you know years ago yeah we had a pandemic and and we didn't know what that would hit us right like you can get gunned down by a gunman in a school like there's just so many like things where um life can just change so suddenly. So I, I definitely take that, um, you know, carpe diem and make sure you live your best self and your best life and do what 
makes you happy like forget about all the things and all the worries like right, that you donut, tell for goodness sake like who cares like i think you know because things can just change so much and i think um and i'll touch on a little bit of why too because um we had oh, like this Let is it a out. personal story so you can take it or leave it but um uh my husband's mother like actually passed away about a year and a half ago so she passed away from um cancer and we were actually she came to live with us the last six months of her life so we we actually was very intimately involved in her transition so like um seeing her kind of pass away and like it and it's just like really hard to see someone kind of go through their end of life and we were she kind of lived with us she didn't want to be in hospital so we took care of her um at the end of her life and but that is just another Mm -hmm. like such a vivid reminder of like how you really do have to live your life you really have to just enjoy it because you don't know what like really future brings i know that sounds really kind of pessimistic but i really take a look at it more of the just live your life and and kind of Mm -hmm. don't worry about it (laughs) kind of attitude more than that depressing pessimistic side so when people go why are you buying all these (laughs) sales well i don't know i could not be alive next year so i'm gonna i keep as many right. yeah you might as well me happy you know as long as I'm not hurting people right now um i guess kind of switching gears do you have a favorite color <laughs> yeah um yeah although like you know i don't have that many purple tails i don't have a pure purple tail so i'm hoping to maybe fingers crossed get one from one of my future commissions. Uh, <laughs> folk, if you're listening. Um, but um, yeah, definitely purple is my favorite, but I'm definitely partial to gold. Like, it does. I just think it works with my skin tone and like a lot of stuff. Now, I don't know if I should ask you or not, because you might already have it, or it might influence you to get another one. But with money being no object, no. <laughs> Like nothing off limits. What would your dream tail be? Yeah, I I honestly like I don't, you know, it's a pretty bad thing to say. Like money usually isn't an object. It's more about like getting on to the the tail makers' time. Like some of these tail makers have like years and years on their like wait list. Um, I would. I already honestly have some of my dream tales. I, I just, like I said, I'm so in love with Dimitri and uh, the Marnation tale, but I really would love, like my life would complete once I get a custom, my custom Marbella mm-hmm. and my Finfolk. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few other tail makers that I'm really dying to hopefully get a creation from at some point. One mm. is Creature Fins. Uh, I really love her long, like, tail. Let Merman Jacks, if you, if you see Merman oh, Jacks' latest tail, that's from Creature Fins. Um, I don't, I, I can't I'm believe sure you don't I know do. Creature Fins. I, um, I just 
maybe don't know the yeah. name. I, I have that issue with, like, even the Murr community, too. Like, if I see a picture, I can tell you, oh, yeah, like, I follow them, but if you tell me a name. So, sometimes, like, with the name, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to kind of remember <laughs> and keep track of everyone. Not only they're, like... Right. A human name, but their mer name, and then also yeah, like right. their store name. You know, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get ya. Um, yeah, and I think I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, mermaid Amethia has a really beautiful kind of beta fluke. Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna be that that person that may end up with a hundred tails in there <laughs> before I die. So, oh, I'm you keep should. buying them until I can. So. Now, you mentioned that you helped. Well, actually, I'm not going to ask that one yet. What do you wear underneath your tail? Um, I actually wear uh, something from Uniqlo. Um, this is like one of the Japanese companies. I, I don't know if they're out in the East Coast, but like um, they're based, they started in Japan, but they've started opening some um, stores in New York and in California. Um, but they carry um, a microfiber underwear, um, which is really like very silky and like really, really thin. It's super comfortable. There's enough coverage, and I don't like to wear like thongs or <laughs> bikinis or anything. And and these are so thin and um, that you don't get that bulk. You don't get that you know <laughs> visible panty line or whatnot. Wearing the tail and 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 they, I use that. Are you, they kind of like a boxer and a brief? Um, they're uh, the ones I wear are closer. They almost look like boxer. So like they they're not like just a, but I'm sure they come in other styles. But I I wear more of the boxer. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Check it I'm out. not quite sure. I mean, I, I wore swim trunks. Well, I did up until Mermagicon, and then I tried, I think it was a large or extra large. It, it, it was gifted yeah. to me, so yeah. it, it didn't really quite fit how it should anyway. But, um, right, which probably yeah. makes it even but less. You mentioned that you helped Merman Tommy get started, and I consider you to. I, okay. I I don't want to take that kind of credit. I don't think I helped him get started. He certainly reached out to me um, early on in his career. Um, we chatted, you know, gave him advice about like what kinds of tails and and um, offered to like kind of let him try some of my swim tail betas. But like, I'm really super super happy for him that he's he's been successful in the mer community. And shout out to him if he's listening. Um, and but yeah, I was lucky enough to be part of seeing him in his early. No, I consider you to be a famous mer. What other famous mers? Or yeah, like who do you know? Or who are you like besties with? You told me you live near a few. Yeah, I'm fortunate. In California, there's a good amount of mers here. I belong to a couple of pods. I belong in the NorCal um, mers pod and the Coral Cove pod. One is in Northern California, one's in Southern California. So, um, 
And I met a lot of um, MERS through the California Mer mm-hmm. Con or Mermaid Convention. Yeah. Uh, which I should plug and we should talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I know a lot of mermen and mermaids here. So like ones that live close to me, Merman Garnet, Merman Tommy's only about an hour away. Um, Nymphia is um, literally... Oh, cool. She lives, like, a block from me. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I know a lot of people in Southern California, Merman Tempest, Merman Jacks, um, and uh, Mermaid Kai, Kyrie and Mermaid Alicia. Um, I'm mer- m- some of my, like, online besties that I've never met, of course, um, are uh, at least not in person yet. Um Dimitri Arts and we've formed a really great bond relationship through like building the tales and and I consider mm-hmm. him definitely a mer brother um and in Germany merman Arjun has always also been Aww. like a mer brother to me um yeah <clears throat> and um a friend in London um Allison she she goes by Cyril. <laughs> I, I can't even pronounce her mermaid name too well. Um, but um, so many like shout outs to to many many kind of mers. But like there are many famous mers that like I get inspired by. Like mm-hmm. um, the Singapore mermaid, um, mermaid uh, Serenity. There's also another mermaid Serenity that's spelled differently, but in Hawaii. Uh, Merwen from Malaysia. Um, obviously, I mentioned Merman Arion. Um, so I've chatted with these people. I don't know if they <laughs> like end up considering me like their friend, right? But, like I quote know them, right? Yeah. So I wish I knew like some of the West Coast Mers more. I know Jurassic Merman. Oh, cool. A little bit. We chatted a few times. Um, yeah, and I wish I knew more like a merman, um, in the mm-hmm. um, east coast. What well, or well, I think mermen are kind of rare. I mean, we're becoming more common, but we're still like a rare ish, yes, yeah, yeah, and also an up and coming merman, um, Marcant is is a, a close friend that I've mm-hmm. kind of gotten to know in the Bay Area. I'm sure I've too. seen a picture, but I'd have to look at him. Now, yeah. we were talking earlier, prior to the podcast, about a few... Di- well, actually, let's talk about your craft. There really isn't much m- more accessories geared toward mermen, but you definitely craft them up. That's right. Yeah, and that's one of the major reasons why I started getting into it. Because when I began kind of getting into this world, um, there was just, like, not a lot for Merman. And and honestly, like, even for mermaids, like, there's not a lot. Like, there's tops and there's, like, crowns. Um, but I wanted, like, so many things. I, I am, I will completely own the fact <laughs> that I am very extra and... So I want like I want a lot of stuff. So um, one of the if you look in my Instagram, one of my signature trait pieces uh, 
so you've mentioned it earlier those those oh, ear cool. things i call them mirrors um someone <laughs> cleverly named them for me thank you um mirrors Why? um i don't sell those so like they're, they're, they're kind of like my signature <laughs> style um just because i want to own a piece of something okay. that is really unique that no one really has um but I've I've got you know dove into like making like different kind of chest pieces and tops and I have like more of a shoulder armor thing mm-hmm. that I'm really proud of called the Aquadron. Um, I'm gonna be Ooh. coming out with some cap wraps soon. So yeah, um, I've made cuffs and mm-hmm. um, crowns, I guess. And I've recently, obviously, been um, totally. Um, dove into the world of making um, mermaid tops. So this is thanks to mermaid Alicia, who like kind of, mm-hmm. you know, wrestled me <laughs> into making her a top and, and just kind of got me into doing that. I was like, I know nothing about women's tops. <laughs> but she somehow like managed to convince me to do one. So, and it's been quite popular and, and, and I'm really thankful that um, the they're beautiful i was looking on instagram today and i've seen i think your latest post it might be a few back now but of one of them and they're stellar it's just yeah. like a beautiful piece on its own thank you thank you i'm really proud of it i mean it's a lot of work um because what happens is like i make all these different um elements the, the decorative elements and they've and I really work on them in clay and really kind of perfect them individually, but they become like a Lego piece now that I can like construct larger pieces with. And so that, you know, I have, as I expand my portfolio of work, I have more and more pieces to work with and, and they just look really grand together and they, they look cohesive when I'm like working with them. So, I'm, uh, you know, I think as I kind of do this more, I'm going to have more. Right. Now, if you were to go look for jewelry, or if a if a newer mer were to Mm -hmm. trying to come up with like a a mersona and everything, where would you point them to look for jewelry? Hmm, it it would kind of depends on what you exactly mean by jewelry, like. There would be a lot of stuff like whether it's necklaces or like arm cuffs or like right you know, head I pieces. No idea. What what but, do you think? Like if someone were just to want to do like the cuffs and like maybe a necklace and a crown. Yeah, I mean, not not that many people sell like crowns. At least not for merman. Um, I think Tinkercast official does a really, really wonderful like kind of headpiece thing. Um, at some point, I'm hopefully going to be getting into doing more crowns or, or making my crown uh, publicly available, um, but I haven't done that. There's so many like kind of projects in my head, honestly. Um, and I would say probably Amazon's not a bad bet. Neither is Etsy. It, it's about what speaks to you and and whether you feel kind of fully realized as a mer wearing the pieces or not i i honestly just get my jewelry pieces like every 
everywhere. Like I, I feel like I'm shopping for my Mershona like all the time. Every time I'm out, I'm like collecting pieces. I think this is my closest like um, understanding to how like women actually buy full outfits. Like they're probably planning their outfits like for months and years to like get the right ensemble together. That's how I feel about like putting a look right. together for like now is your jewelry available events. to the public or do you have to message you to kind of get something going yeah um if you go to my instagram right. which if you don't follow me please do uh it's um at merman.icarus and it's i-c-a-r-u-s um and you can just uh, message me if there's stuff that you are looking for but I there are certain items that I make available that I sell I sell a circlet, I sell an aqua drawer, I sell mm-hmm. these wings that I made, the shoulder piece um, and then obviously the mermaid tops but um, like I said I, I could be releasing more stuff in the future I often just find myself not having enough time to like execute a lot of ideas that I have more than anything because <laughs> i also have like a full-time job that i actually do and then i sing and I dance so like right and have husband and like pets so there's only so much of time that i can kind of devote to like the craft but i'm really really lucky to be able to do it and really now, where enjoy do you get your inspiration it, so. for each piece that you do because i've seen you have like a necklace like you said a circlet and the wings and the chest piece are you just kind of like online and you see a mm-hmm. random picture or an illustration or? Yeah, honestly, like a lot of it is from my head and I would have an idea. I'm like, oh, I want like a crown or oh, I want ears or and then I just start research online to to see what's out there. What's interesting. This is the designer part of me. That then start mm-hmm. to kind of piece the idea. No, your together. designs have a particular style. They're very like swoopy. I, I'm not sure if I'm really describing it right, but um, <laughs> like swoopy, whimsical, swoopy. maybe a touch of Victorian yeah. goth. Yeah. So I am really in love with Art Nouveau. So. Um, that, that's a lot of my um, influence. If you look at it, there's a lot of really kind of curvy elements and stuff. So um, that's kind of where I get a lot of inspiration. Creating a piece, say like a chest piece. How long does it take you from like start to finish? I know you do your own molding and sculpting and everything too. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's part of it. Like, it depends if it's an element that I have in my arsenal or if I have to, like, kind of sculpt it from scratch. Um, so it really depends. Some of these pieces are literally, like, months of work. Like, the circlets, I've gone through, wow. like, I think six or eight prototypes before I finally landed on the one that I liked. And then some pieces... Um, are a collection of things that I've kind of progressed along. Um, and I feel like every time I do a new project, I get like a new piece to work with. Um, but on average, 
it could be anywhere from like mm-hmm. three to four weeks to like six months. No, just the casting itself. How long would that take? Like, say you've sculpted it, um, you're happy with it, you're ready to mold. Yeah, the okay. sculpting is the hardest part, by the way. Um, that That's the part that takes forever. Um, casting it, you know, it's okay. like overnight. Like, it's not that long. It's um, Making the mold is not that long, but like... Um, but then I've I've gotten much better <laughs> over the year and a half that I've learned and I've learned from a lot of earlier mistakes. Like before when I made molds, I was using the wrong materials and all that and they just turn out to be an expensive mess. But like now I've kind of got the process down. I'm I'm pretty successful with kind of getting the molds done right and done to the quality that I like. Because a lot of times, even making a mold is very mm. iffy. If you get a bubble in the wrong place, it's screwed. If you like, are you know, if it didn't cure properly, or or if it kind of ruined. Sometimes earlier on in my sculpting career, I've destroyed the original. But now I've managed to like make molds and pretty much keep the original as intact as possible. Then I can kind of moderate, moderate, and iterate oh, cool. on Good that idea. piece and make something different from it. So a lot of it has like slight variations, mm-hmm. and they'll like relate to each other really well. Like I'll do a large piece, and then I'll cut it down oh, cool. to smaller pieces to reuse too. I would have never thought to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing we spoke about again prior to the in- interview was about. The difference between cosplaying and Murray. Well, actually, I guess let's back up real quick. What do you think about the difference between mermaiding, mermaiding, murraying, that type of garbage? Yeah, I, I think I would really like the, the community to kind of embrace a much more kind of inclusive terminology to, to mermaiding as a whole. I mean, right now, I think, you know, before there wasn't that many mermen, honestly, and, and we were definitely a minority, but I think there's a lot more merman coming onto the scene. And plus, there's mm-hmm. a lot of trans mer as well too, trans mermaids and trans merman. Um, I think people are really kind of somewhat sensitive as a result to like how they like get identified as a gender. A lot of times still, like I run out a lot of people and and they point to me and they say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, it's a mermaid. And, and I'm like, I'm not a mermaid. <laughs> and I'd, I'd rather be, it was more gender neutral way to express like the mer, whether it's, I. that's why I've been saying mer a lot or like merfolk or some right. other term that doesn't, really imply gender necessarily because i think it would be it's important to like be more mm-hmm. inclusive in that way and i hope no i totally agree embraces that. and then you mentioned the difference or your how did you word it um with murray yeah. and cosplay yeah and i think um and and this is no shade on anyone else. This is just my personal philosophy. I don't consider myself a cosplayer. I don't think mermaiding or mer or merfolking is 
is a subgenre of cosplay, even though some people think of it that way. And the reason I say that is because um, I, for one, really kind of embody like being a merman. It is something that I just don't put a, a quote costume on and like take photos of. There's, you know, there's so much respect for the cosplay community. They, they, yeah. so much of it is so elaborate and wonderful. Um, but they're they're dressing up as a character they admire or like or a show or um, anything like that. They're trying to play a part. Whereas me, I'm trying to play my part. I'm showing my mm-hmm. inner persona. Like this is a part of me. And I don't feel like I'm trying to quote right. cosplay someone else or something else. And that's kind of the distinction in my mind, not to say that there's any less skill or less investment or anything different. That's, that's my only kind of like view on that is that it is an expression of myself. I'm not trying to copy someone else or, or be someone else when I'm cosplaying or something like that. So I consider Right. No, I totally agree. Um, there is one thing with cosplayers too. A lot of them, covers so many different characters i don't even know how they can keep up like i don't right. even know if they even really know the yeah. story behind each character they're doing i mean i'm sure some do but i don't see how they have the time to like know the inside and out of each character they're doing right but they're a huge source of inspiration for me too. Like I look at how detailed some of the costuming is and I'm like in deep admiration. I just don't feel like I am that particular label and it's not a bad thing or a good thing to be a cosplayer or not a cosplayer. But I just feel like I embody the notion of being a mer more than I am like a cosplayer. And and that's one of actually one of the main reasons why I got into um being in the mer community is because this is the closest thing you can be to like a real magical creature, right? Like when you put on a pair of oh, wings, yeah, you're right. angel, you can't fly, right? Like or when you like dressing up in a dragon costume, you, you can't breathe fire, but you put on a tail, you can swim, you can be like that magical creature. It is the closest thing you can be to being a magical creature. And that's yeah, also no. why.